The KXAN News Podcast is sponsored by Shelf Genie. A bill in the legislature meant to keep your kids safer online. What it could change about the way you use the Internet. And early voting started yesterday in Travis County. The shocking number of voters who went to the polls. And we're watching the first strong thunderstorm of the day about to enter our viewing area. Your first warning forecast is coming up. A child abuse case has police searching for a suspect near a southeast Austin apartment complex. A neighbor called 911 after a doorbell camera recording appears to show the man sexually assaulting an 11-year-old girl. Take a look at these surveillance photos. It happened April 1st at the complex on Willow Creek Drive. One is from the morning the assault happened and the other was from the week prior. Police describe the suspect as a Hispanic man in his 30s or 40s. He's around five foot five, maybe five foot six, heavy set with facial hair. They say he speaks Spanish. Police believe he doesn't live at the complex, but he does go there often. The Austin Police Department Child Abuse Unit uh, is asking for the community's assistance in identifying the suspect as well as any individual who may have information concerning the incident. Here's another look at those pictures of the man. Again, these were taken April 1st and March 25th. Well, this morning you might have seen a swarm of law enforcement in South Austin. We can report that someone was found dead there in South Austin near Sunset Valley this morning. Around 7.30 in the morning, Austin police responded to a call about a dead person on Bannon Burke William Cannon Road. The body in question hasn't been identified, but police say the death is not suspicious. Well, this afternoon, the Texas House gave the initial okay to a bill aiming to crack down on the content social media companies show to minors. Now, this would prevent Texans under the age of 18 from having a social media account unless they get approval from a parent first. Capital correspondent Monica Madden looks closer at the act. Kids are unquestionably suffering from many harmful effects of overexposure to digital platforms. Texas lawmakers say social media companies are not operating in the best interest of teens. Young minds are being shaped by addictive algorithms. And All in favor say aye. It's why the House unanimously approved the SCOPE Act at a time when growing studies are showing a correlation between mental health problems and high social media use. The bill's author, Representative Shelby Slauson, says it puts parents back in control of their kids' social media. Before before a company can enter into an agreement with a child, they have to enter into that agreement with the parent. And it'll allow a parent to do basic things like set up as uh, many privacy restrictions as they want to and even to prevent some of that advertising from being targeted. The SCOPE Act would require websites and social media companies to, quote, protect minors from physical, emotional, and developmental harm, also allowing parents to request any data on their child's account. There are systems out already in place for a verified parental consent where a parent has to prove who they are in relation to a child. Some questioned how this will be enforced, since the bill doesn't allow parents to sue these companies for violations. There's no avenue specified in here for that to happen. And experts say the implications of bills like these will depend on the parent. The parents are going to use this effectively. Not so good parents are not going to use it effectively. Monica Madden, KXAN News. Now this bill is similar to laws passed in two other states just over the past few weeks. Arkansas lawmakers voted to require children to get their parents permission to create new social media accounts. Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders signed it into law earlier this month. The law takes effect in September. And last month, Utah's governor signed a new law that has similar parental approval requirements. That one is set to take effect next March. 
first warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, we are closely watching the radar this afternoon and evening with a risk of severe storms, the first out of three storm systems that are heading our way this week. The radar is quite quiet with just a few little isolated showers from I-35 and Austin eastward. But here's what I've got my eye on. A strong thunderstorm with half-inch hail and 40-mile-per-hour wind gusts, not yet severe or damaging, about to lift northward across I-10 into Caldwell County. Luling, you guys might want to move your car under cover while you still have time to do so. Notice the hail scope wasn't showing anything in our 4 o'clock hour, now picking up on some small, non-damaging hail so far south of I-10. The Storm Prediction Center saying we have a 40% chance of seeing a severe thunderstorm watch issued for some communities south and east of Austin. Elsewhere, it may just not come together for us that way. Cloudy skies from Austin westward especially have te kept temperatures much cooler. 72 in Austin, 70 degrees in Burnett. This means that that lid in the atmosphere that we discussed so much yesterday has thus far remained in place and limited our severe weather risk. Coming up, I'll show you what all this means on your evening radar forecast. Another storm coming tomorrow night and a third late Friday. All right, David, thank you. Texas isn't the only part of the country dealing with a lot of water this week. Communities along the Mississippi River are under flood watches. St. Paul, Minnesota has declared a flood emergency with the river already covering low-lying roads. According to the National Weather Service, the river is expected to be the highest it's been in 20 years. The flooding seems to have been caused by the heavy snowfall and winter storms in the northern part of the U.S., which just started melting weeks ago. Still in other parts of the country, the cleanup continues after devastating storms, and for some, it's just flat out overwhelming. Contractors in Arkansas say they're having to turn away customers because there are simply too many homes to fix. Earlier this month, tornadoes ripped through parts of the Midwest, killing 32 and leaving millions of dollars in damage. With cleanup underway, contractors in the area are swamped, and they can't take on any more customers. It's part of the reason we do this is to help people, especially this, this kind of stuff. So it's frustrating not being able to do more. The owner of that construction company says he's booking jobs three to four months out. Well, with the threat of severe weather in our area, it might be harder to get the help you need from a local organization. The Austin Disaster Relief Network announced it cut a number of staff positions late last month. So 24 employees and two contractors were let go. That's about 40% of their workforce. Now, the charity says that was all due to a lack of funding. House lawmakers today gave the final approval to a bill designed to make our schools safer. House Bill 3 dedicates new funding to improve school safety, including a requirement to have an armed guard on every single campus. But the state senator who represents Uvalde says lawmakers need to do more. State Senator Roland Gutierrez filed more than a dozen bills addressing gun violence this session. He acknowledged today that none of them are likely to pass. Gutierrez said that unless lawmakers address guns, they're not doing enough to protect children. At the end of the day, we're living in a place right now where the number one cause of death for children is guns. The leading state for that, one of them, is Texas. He pointed to laws passed in Florida to expand background checks and raise the age limit for purchasing AR-15-style weapons as examples of steps that Texas should follow.
And it's voting season in Travis County and some of the turnout numbers are in. Yesterday was the first day of early voting. Out of 750,000 registered voters in Travis County, only 4,800 voted yesterday. So that's only 0.6% voter turnout. It's not much better in nearby Hayes and Williamson counties where voter turnout was also under 1%. But again, it was only the first day and early voting runs through May 2nd. Election Day will be on May 6th of this year. There's a temporary ceasefire in Sudan while the U.S. tries to get its people home. What the country is doing and what it's like there on the ground. And President Joe Biden is officially running for re-election. What you need to know about his campaign and what his biggest rival had to say about it. The U.S. government is hoping to help Americans caught inside the fighting in Sudan. A three-day ceasefire has been announced as help is sent to the stranded citizens in the country. NBC's Richard Engel has the situation for us tonight. The race is on this morning to evacuate foreigners, including more than 16,000 Americans from Sudan, in case the shaky 72-hour ceasefire between two warring generals breaks down. While European nations have taken out hundreds of their nationals and some Americans on cargo planes, the best way out for large numbers is by road. Long drives to Egypt, Ethiopia, or increasingly Port Sudan on the Red Sea coast. While the United States is not running convoys and has no plans for a mass rescue, the administration says it is providing information about routes and watching them from above with drones. Some of the convoys that have tried to move uh, people out, including all the way to Port Sudan, but also to places closer into Khartoum. Some of them have encountered um, problems, um, including uh, robbery, uh, looting, that kind of thing. The United States has also positioned a warship off the Sudanese coast near Port Sudan in case a military evacuation is ordered or to provide medical care. Another ship is on the way. But getting out is not a simple drive. Shortages of gas, food, and price gouging mean people have to improvise. Lakshmi Parthasarathi, an American travel writer who yesterday was stranded in Khartoum, this morning has moved out of the capital for safety. She's keeping a video diary for us. I am sitting here in a school that's been turned into a little refugee camp. Yesterday, I fled Khartoum, hitchhiked south. The city was complete mayhem when I left. There were power cuts, no running water, no access to cash, so I left with only $20. Foreigners are leaving Sudan, or trying to. But many Sudanese worry the fighting will get worse once most are gone and the world's attention, as it has before, turns away. President Joe Biden has officially announced his plans to run for re-election. A closer look at who he'll be up against coming up. And the radar's still quiet just after 5 p.m. in Austin with just one downpour over Cedar Park. But the storm I just showed you approaching I-10 and Caldwell County, now severe. A severe thunderstorm warning for extreme eastern Caldwell County until 6 p.m. The main thing we're worried about here, not a tornado at this time, but hail. The following communities are in the threat of at least quarter-size hail at the following times listed on your screen. The forecast through the rest of the evening and several more storm systems heading this way after this. This KXAN News podcast is brought to you by Shelf Genie. I'm Rosie Newberry from KXAN Studio 512. Considering replacing your kitchen cabinets? Struggling to find or reach things? Go to ShelfGenie.com Austin. Shelf Genie designs custom pull-out shelves for your existing cabinets, adding convenience and value to the most used room in your home. Shelf Genie custom pull-out shelves, everything in reach. 
President Joe Biden is officially running for a second term. The president made his announcement in a three-minute video titled Freedom, previewing some of his top campaign issues. Now, the launch comes as an NBC News poll shows that 51% of Democrats don't want him to run. That same poll also showing he leads his most likely challenger, former President Donald Trump. NBC's Alice Barr reports on how the race is shaping up. President Biden announcing today he is in the running for 2024. Let's finish this job. I know we can. The president making it official in a pre-recorded video four years to the day after his last White House bid, once again framing his campaign as a battle for the soul of America, highlighting scenes from the January 6th Capitol attack, while accusing what he calls MAGA Republicans of stripping away bedrock freedoms. Dictating what health care decisions women can make, banning books and telling people who they can love. Former President Trump firing back in his own video message. Thanks to Joe Biden's socialist spending calamity, American families are being decimated. The gloves coming off already as the nation appears on track for a Biden-Trump rematch. Exactly what most Americans say they do not want in a new NBC News poll. President Biden's age, a major reason that even 51% of Democrats surveyed would prefer another candidate. I look forward to a day when there will be a younger group coming across. Under pressure to show his energy for the job, President Biden speaking today to union members at a presidential event that sounds a lot like a campaign rally. Folks, we made a lot of progress because of all of you. But there's more to do. With the state of the economy likely the biggest factor in who will land in the Oval Office, President Biden zeroing in on that. While Vice President Kamala Harris features prominently in the campaign launch video, leading the way on another key issue, the fight over reproductive rights. That Democrats hope will drive voters to the polls as the race for the White House begins in earnest. In Washington, Alice Barr, NBC News. Jury selection is set to begin today in the civil rape and defamation trial against former President Donald Trump. The lawsuit is being brought by E. Jean Carroll, a magazine writer and columnist who alleges Trump raped her in a New York City department store in the mid-90s. The former president has denied the claim, and it's unclear whether he will show up to testify in his defense. However, jurors will hear from Mr. Trump via a videotaped deposition that he gave in October. Before proceedings got under way today, protesters gathered outside the courthouse in Lower Manhattan to stand in solidarity with Carol. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, a few of us could see a severe thunderstorm with damaging hail the main concern until about 9 p.m. tonight. The greatest risk of that is east of Austin. This is where we have a few showers on the radar, including in the Austin area. Now, east of here, we've got a few downpours north of Bastrop through Lee and Fayette counties as well. I know this big glowing box is catching your attention. This is a severe thunderstorm warning for only extreme eastern Caldwell County until 6 p.m. We've got a hail threat from Luling over to Hart Wood. This storm is moving northeast and not at this time toward the Austin metro. In Austin and westward, it just doesn't feel like a severe weather day. It's cool. It's not that humid. Cloud cover has kind of kept these cool temperatures in place, keeping that lid or cap on the atmosphere that we discussed yesterday. Palms Car Wash otherwise pleasant at 74 degrees. We have seen some breaks in the clouds and some heating of the ground, allowing for storms to form in our southeastern counties tonight. This is not only from the ground heating, but also from a week to 
disturbance, which you can barely see here on the water vapor moving our way from West Texas. This is our severe weather threat this evening. Here comes another storm system with another threat tomorrow night into early Thursday. And here it is, your first look at the third storm system that could bring a threat of strong storms late Friday into early Saturday. So let's go chronologically through them. This evening, technically everybody is under the two out of five risk area for seeing hail, damaging wind, or an isolated tornado. But as I discussed, there's the most energy in the atmosphere southeast of Austin. That's where the highest storm chance, I think, is. Watch what happens on this brand new run of the high-resolution model. That severe thunderstorm lifts northward into our eastern counties, possibly maintaining some hail with it as it heads into Bastrop, Fayette, and Lee counties through 7 and 8 p.m. But notice, after that, it kind of weakens once the sun goes down. And Austin westward, we should remain storm-free, fingers crossed, as it looks right now this evening. After that storm fades out after dark, things remain pretty quiet overnight with just a few sprinkles and cloudy skies by tomorrow morning. That's severe threat number one. Let me fast forward to tomorrow night into Thursday morning. This is when a two out of five threat is in place for our northern counties. The three out of five risk currently north of our area entirely. Previewing what that might look like. We get a break between storms with sunshine tomorrow afternoon. But late tomorrow evening, a big complex of strong to severe storms clips our northern counties, likely kind of missing Austin. At least the worst of it does. But after 10 p.m., we're not only watching some remnant rain from that, but a second line of storms building quickly over the hill country. This is actually the, the uh, cold front itself, and this brings rain to pretty much the entire area early Thursday morning. After a couple storms to start your early morning plans, the sunshine comes back out with cooler weather on Thursday. The third storm system on Friday is still a bit out of range of our best high-resolution computer models. Over the next couple of days from these first two storms, I'll bet you get an inch or inch and a half of rain in your backyard for many of us. Some isolated higher totals certainly possible. And remember, more rain coming late Friday and early Saturday. So tonight, we're on guard for isolated storms through sunset, then they fade. 63 degrees overnight. Tomorrow, dry through the day, but some late evening storms possible after a high temperature warmer at 84. Lots of storms on the seven-day forecast, but pay attention to the timing late tomorrow into early Thursday, late Friday into parts of Saturday. After that, the sunshine comes back out as we turn the calendar to May next week. An increase in robberies has been impacting the U.S. Postal Service. How bad the jump in crime has been and what the thieves are looking for. Well, if you haven't received something you were expecting in the mail yet, it might not be the mail delivery person's fault. The United States Postal Service is reporting an increase in the armed robberies of letter carriers. So the Postal Inspection Service reports that robberies of carriers apparently increased from 2018 to 2021, rising from 36 incidents to 154. The service says thieves are after arrow keys. Those are the keys that carriers have that give them access to entire mailbox sets. Today I'm urging the Postmaster General and the Department of Justice Attorney General to respond positively with a strategy to protect letter carriers. A similar string of robberies happened back in 2011 and a rapid alert system was implemented to help carriers know about crimes in their vicinity. That was discontinued under the current Postmaster General. Tonight on KXAN, it's night court at 7, Lopez versus Lopez at 7.30. That's at a new time. And then the wall at 8, we could blink at 9 right before KXAN News at 10 o'clock. You can join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 on the CW Austin. And here's where to find us. Thanks for listening to KXAN News Nightly. 
You can also listen to KXAN News Today every morning for more in-depth coverage of what matters most to you.